What you're about to hear is a portion of this week's Pod Dylan, the full version of which is now available only to FM Plus subscribers. Please enjoy this sample. For just a few dollars a month, FM Plus subscribers get all of our full episodes, bonus episodes, plus full archives from every show in the FM Podcast Network. Subscribing makes all of these great shows possible. You can sign up in Apple Podcasts or at fmpods.com. When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call them a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. This is Pod Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, one concert leg at a time, part of the FM Podcast Network. I'm your host of Freewheeling, Rob Kelly, and joining us once again is the Band of the Hand team, Henry Bernstein. Hi, Henry. Hello. And Matt Simonson. Hi, Matt. Hey, everybody. Thank you both for coming back, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us back, Rob. I love that you got the band back together. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, we're really excited to be talking about, now that it is concluded, uh, this leg of the Rough and Rowdy Ways Tour of 2023. Bob will be hitting the road again, certainly in 2024, but as far as we know, he's done for 2023. He generally doesn't do shows in December. I think he has occasionally, but for the most part, I think it's relatively safe to say that this leg of the tour uh, has wrapped up. And the two of you went on an orgy of Bob Dylan <laughs> concerts, if I may use that word. Um, Henry, let me start with you. How many shows did you see during this run? Uh, as of last night's tour ending, uh, I did eight. Oh, my. And Matt? I got ten in this time. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I saw one, so <laughs> I am not as good of a fan as uh, as you guys are. But, uh, but okay. Uh, so I'm going to have not a whole lot to say in this episode, I think. But, yeah, we're going to be talking about what we saw what we heard obviously there are uh, lots of um kind of fun covers that he did on this leg of the tour that he hasn't done in other times and we'll, we'll 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 get to all that but for anyone who didn't wasn't lucky enough to see any of these shows let's talk about the sort of the 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 set list which is unusual right bob normally doesn't have i mean he's been having a relatively quote unquote set list but there have been variations of his songs here and there. But for this tour, he had a pretty rigid list of songs that he did every single night. And then the variations would be of something he added. But as far as I know, he never he never took out any of these songs to play something else. It was always maybe did a couple more. And that set list is Watching the River Flow, Most Likely You'll Go Your Way and I'll Go Mine, I Contain Multitudes, False Prophet, When I Pay My Masterpiece, Black Rider. My own version of you. I'll be your baby tonight. Crossing the Rubicon to be alone with you. Key West. Got to serve somebody. I've made up my mind to give myself to you. That old black magic. Mother of muses. Goodbye, Jimmy Reed and every grain of sand. And the last time I saw Bob was two years ago. That was almost the exact same set list I saw this time, except for he substituted something else for now. He's doing Crossing the Rubicon, which was the one rough and ratty way song that he had not yet done. Of course, murder most foul accepted <laughs> um so okay but i you know again we're, we'll, we'll get into all that but i want to ask you go ask you guys well, we'll start with you matt why why are we seeing 10 shows what what was the what what was the impetus to see that many in such a contained space and where what cities did you see them well i've always started um uh, going to one show 
per tour. Uh, wherever he was closest to where I was living, I would go to that show. And looking back now at all of the short one-hour, two-hour drives I could have done the night before, the night after, picking myself a little bit for missing some of those shows. And naturally, those are the most amazing set lists you could ever imagine, the shows that I passed on. And just <laughs> over time, uh, I love the album so much. I had such a great time in 21, 22, the shows that I saw. And when all of the shows were announced for the fall, they were all somewhat close to the Twin Cities where I live. And I didn't, and they all came on sale at the same time. And so I said to my wife, not sure what I should do. I'm not sure which ones we'll get tickets to. So I was working the the iPad, the laptop, the work computer, the phone on Ticketmaster trying to get tickets. And I ended up getting tickets to uh, the first eight shows. And oh um, when I told my wife, I said, well, I can always get these tickets and then I can always resell them or give them to someone else or something like that. And so then we started talking and she's just kind of looking at me and she's like, you know what? You love this more than anything else. You just need to go and figure out a way to do it. And I've always wanted to do one of those legs where I just went from town to town and it kind of worked out well for me geographically, the family in Kansas city, the first show. And then, um, had some other family in Chicago that I got to see. And then, uh, Milwaukee's kind of on the way home from Chicago to uh, Minneapolis. So kind of, uh, I, I mean, I bent all kind of logic and justified it as much as I could, but, uh, really I just wanted to have that experience of seeing him night to night and being on a leg and happy I did it. No regrets at all, but, uh, that was just kind of something crazy I decided to do. Did you see, were there any times that you saw shows back to back and like night, two nights in a row or three nights in a row? Kansas City was two nights in a row. Then there was a day off. Then I went to St. Louis. Uh, then I think there was a day off. And then there were three nights in Chicago, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Wow. And then Milwaukee was two nights in a row. And then later, um, I got called to New York for a work trip in early November. And fortunately, uh, Bob was playing in Port Chester uh, those uh, two nights. So I decided to hop on the train and meet up with Ray Paget and go to those shows. That worked out pretty well. Wow. But yeah, okay. three nights in a row in Chicago. Uh to hang out with Henry there too. So that was that was one of the highlights Amazing. of the tour. Absolutely. Oh, I have such FOMO right now. So okay. <laughs> well, Henry, what about you? What 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 inspired you to to go all in on this part of the tour? Similar to Matt. Anytime he was so like when I was at school at Indiana University, saw him in the state of Indiana. And if it happened to be over a spring break, then in Chicago or something like that. Or anytime he was in Chicago or Milwaukee, I go to those just because like I get like Matt geographically, if I can do a drive in an evening. Sure. Um, but I'd never really gone further than one of those states in the from Chicago to Indiana or 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 Wisconsin. Um, actually one time I went to St. Paul, but, um, and Madison a couple of times. Anyway, uh, I, I just, and, and like Matt, I, there have been many times when like he did like a five night run in Chicago in 2005. And for whatever reason, I went to one of them, like why, you know, and then same thing, like he, he was at the, at the, in 2007, I think he was at the the chicago theater for three nights and i went to one of them and the next night was the like tour closer where he brought amos lee and elvis costello on stage to sing <laughs> uh i shall be released and i didn't go to that one like so you know the fomo is real 
And for this tour, I just feel like right now, like I have to see him as many times as I can. And when I'm there seeing him, that's my happy place. Like it makes, I was explaining to my wife, like on the drive home today, like it's a spiritual experience for me is seeing Bob, you know, the, the way, you know, you know, Yom Kippur is to my rabbi wife, <laughs> seeing Bob is is like that for me. And you know, I, I just, it's, I had to do it. And for whatever reason, the stars align like Matt and I, I, when they all went on sale, I just did the Chicago Milwaukee thing, you know, click, 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 bought those, no problem. Um, and then I, I had said to, to my wife before the tour, I was like, look, I have two bucket list things for Bob that I want to, I want to do. If he ever, if he does the beacon again in New York, I want to go to that, you know, whatever day it is, just fly out quick, fly back and take a day off work, whatever. And I want to see him in Europe one day. So, um, so when he announced that beacon tour at the last minute, it just so happened to be the day before my whole family, we were all going to Northampton, Massachusetts for, like a week for like Thanksgiving week. And so it worked out. I was like, can I just go the day before and then take a bus to meet you guys in Massachusetts on Friday? And it worked out. It was perfect. And then for these last two, when I saw Evansville, Indiana, uh, I was like, oh, that's a drive. I can do that. And then uh, a dear Dylan Twitter friend, Sue, was like, we'll just go the night before to Kentucky. Like, it's a Saturday night. Why wouldn't you go the night before? I'm like, what, can I do that? Can I? She's like, you just do it. There's no can I. You just go. If you're free and your wife is cool with it and your kids are... So it all worked out. And I just was able to go drive six hours to Kentucky, three hours over to Evansville, five back to Chicago. It just kind of all worked out. And yeah, I just sort of on this tour felt like I, I might never get a chance to do something like that again. So, and I'm at a stage in life where I can do it. So, yeah. Do you both enjoy going to concerts just in general? I do. I'm a concert guy. That's a, it's a thing. Like, yeah, tons of concert t-shirts. Con- oh, I'll see. Yeah. I love concerts. Yeah. I just bought tickets for the stones this summer. Like, Whoa, yeah. wow. I love big, okay. big, huge, you know, stadium shows. I love tiny theater shows. I love small venue shows ga seated all the things yeah i don't like concerts as much as i used to when i was younger like i went and saw fish recently at the united center and it was a horrible experience because like it was just so much smoke everywhere and like people were acting crazy <laughs> and like what <laughs> i know exactly and like yeah like my allergies are going crazy from all the smoke and like they did a set break starting at 10 30 like they didn't come back on to like it's way past my bedtime so like my my interest in going to concerts has waned over the years, but in general, yeah, that's like a thing my non-concert going friends know about me that Henry loves going to shows. Yeah. <laughs> but you, Matt. Yeah, I do too. I uh, have my favorite musicians and kind of my bucket list. I wanted to make sure I saw every one of my favorite musicians live at least once. And uh, there's... Two so far that I haven't hit. One I'll never be able to hit, unfortunately. But uh, Ooh, Tom uh, hopefully, Petty. Uh, no, I did see Tom Petty a couple of times. I never got to see Frank Sinatra. I want oh. to see him at concert. And uh, if Tom Waits ever goes on tour again, I'll be there mm. in some way because I've always wanted to see him. But uh, he kind of quit touring before I had a chance to go. But I was able to see Leonard Cohen before he passed, Lou Me Reed, too. Warren Zevon at the Rave in Milwaukee. Um, 
uh, that so that shithole. <laughs> One of Bob's yeah, was, favorite places. <laughs> he was, Warren was playing an acoustic guitar, and he just kind of looked around. And he just stopped in the middle of the song, and he said, "Can you hear that echo?" He's like, it's "Like an airplane hangar in here." <laughs> <laughs> that place is terrible. I'm so oh. glad Bob switched over to the Riverside in Milwaukee from the rave. <laughs> yeah, much better. How about you, Robert? You you a big concert goer? No. See, that's the reason I, I asked you both is because I, for whatever reason, I find concerts to be just very stressful, you know, like just paying for them and getting there and and nothing bad has ever happened at a concert. It's not like I've ever had some miserable experience, whatever, but I just find them to be just generally kind of stressful. And I I only go to Bob. At this point, I mean, my my wife and I went to a, a, a comedy. We went to see Patton Oswalt last year. A little different, but yeah. generally, no. And so to me, part of the reason I go to see Bob is to be in his presence. Not so much, oh, I'm going to hear a transcendent version of Black Rider that I because obviously it's going to be up on YouTube a day later anyway. You know, I mean, those those yonder come sin pouches just do absolutely nothing to stop anybody from getting that stuff up there. Oh, but, I know. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. They do nothing. But so uh, to me, it's uh, as as much of it is for me is I I know Bob thinks of himself, and um, this is not me guessing. He said this in in interviews. He thinks of himself now as a touring artist not so much a recording artist anymore. And so this is his main mode of creativity. And I feel like the least I can do, if he's going to come all the way to my town, which in this case is Philadelphia, I'm going to go see him. You know, I'm going to go, but generally, no, I don't go see anybody else. I mean, you mentioned that Tom Waits, Tom Waits, I think I would make the effort to go see because I know it would be such a rare event, but that's a, it's a pretty short list who I would bother to go to and I would make the effort to, to go and see. So, and the reason I bring all that up is, and you guys can, whichever one of you wants to go first, what do you, do you feel like it's a, what do you feel like you get out of seeing eight shows in 12 days or whatever it is? Is there, do, do you feel like there is a, is it like, you know, the, the, it's more than the sum of its parts kind of thing, seeing that many shows in a clump like that? Definitely like, Henry said, um, it's a physical, almost spiritual experience. And, and just like you, Rob, every concert, even when I go night to night, I have that moment where it dawns on me that Bob Dylan is real. Yeah, and Bob Dylan guy. is yeah. in the same physical space as me at the mm-hmm. same time. And it just hits me in a wonderful way every single time and i i love that moment and that is a very big part about going to the show you know it always it always sounds great there's always moments that make me smile moments that make me laugh Uh, there's always songs where you're like oh this one's not that great in every show and i listen to the recordings of every show that i've been to never quite sounds exactly the same as I remember feeling mm-hmm. it when I was there. And that's okay. So it sound great. Um, but, you know, the, you and I were talking a little bit earlier about the yonder pouches. And as inconvenient as they are, it really does help promote the, the notion that you're experiencing a moment that mm-hmm. will never exist again. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody in front of you holding up a phone, blocking your view, no blinding light. 
nothing distracting the artist. It's rare nowadays to allow yourself to just check out and immerse yourself in the here and the now with Bob Dylan. Mm. Uh, and you get two <laughs> hours of that. Uh, well, I said to my wife, we were, I think it was in Milwaukee after the first night and we were walking back to the hotel and I just looked at her and I said, you know, I could do that every single night. And she goes, yeah, I, I believe that you could. Uh, I really could. I could yeah. just sit through same songs. Uh, I could just experience that two hours every single night for the rest of my life. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way about that moment, Matt, like, and Rob, <laughs> um, like when the curtain comes up or when he walks on and especially if you're sitting close, like on this tour, I was really lucky that I had three different nights where I was incredibly close. Like I, I had good seats for everyone. First day in Chicago, I was intentionally up in the balcony and I enjoyed that. You know, you just kind of get a bird's eye view. Rob, you were in the balcony for, for the Philly show, right? Yeah. 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 So like balcony is great. There's great sound up there. Um, But night, uh, the two nights in Milwaukee and then in Kentucky two nights ago, I was in the third row, uh, second row in Milwaukee and third row two nights ago, right in the center. And there's this, that moment where you're like, oh my God, that's Bob Dylan. Like you looking at his face and it's the same face that's on, you know, yeah. I'm looking at the Times Air changing poster right next to me. It's the same guy. And like when he plays harmonica at every grain of sand, it's the same harmonica the way he played. Like, you know, that sound is Bob Dylan playing harmonica. And it's just, you can't believe it that you're in, like you said, Rob, like in the same room as him. And mm -hmm. it's, and I, I feel the same way, Matt. Like, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with over this, this tour with different Bob Dylan people and people who do that thing, who do go to every single one. And I don't know how they do it. I don't know what, I mean, I don't think they have children and I don't think <laughs> they have jobs or something. I don't know what, what their deal is or they work from home, whatever it is, but, uh, in, you know, unlimited income, whatever it is, but God bless them. I'm so jealous of them. I, I would do that too. I, if I could, if, if I had no responsibilities or I could, I could listen to those same, those same 17 songs every time. Okay, so is it like kind of seeing a play to you both where you are seeing no, especially this tour where the set list, again, except for the, the, the covers, which we'll get into that he was dropping in here and there, the set list was pretty, pretty rigid Static. for him. Yeah, very yeah. set for him, which is very unusual. Once again, he finds a way to do something different that nobody would have expected. You know, the one thing, the one thing we all relied on during the, all these never ending tour shows is, well, the set list is always varied. Not this time. It's mm -mm. these are the songs. It's the bulk of Rough and Randy Ways with some other basically 60 stuff dropped in and then two gospel songs and that's it. Oh, and then the one Sinatra cover, you know, that's kind of it. So when you guys are watching them and you're hearing Gotta Serve Somebody for the seventh time in two weeks, is it that it is like seeing a play over and over again? I've never done that. I've gone to plays, but I've never seen mm. the same play more than once. Is it that you're, you're, as you've talked about, Matt, you're kind of in the moment and it's, you're experiencing this version this time and this will never be exactly the same. And you're not sitting there going, oh, I heard this yesterday and it was better or I heard yeah. that or oh. whatever. That's not how it works. Yeah. I, I don't think, I, I don't think of like, oh, well, tonight's to be alone with you was better than last night's i might think 
wow, the jam on To Be Alone With You seemed like it went on a really long time and the band was really into it. Or I might, you know, like, yeah, I'm not comparing. I guess, you know, you you are seeing like a polished stage show of a very specific thing. But yeah, I don't know. Matt, what, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I think you're on to something, Rob. I started going to shows in 94. And, the, and the, when I would go to one show, I would always religiously follow the set list, look at Bill Pagel's site, and I knew kind of what was in the mix. And then the excitement is, what am I going to get the night I go? And you had a one shot, and it was never Visions of Johanna for me. I always missed it by a night. Really? earlier late. Never got <laughs> so it? I was, never got it. So, oh, um, I got it once. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, that was, so that was my experience, you know, up until... Um, this tour, because even the first tour, I was fortunate enough to go to the Milwaukee show in 2021, the first one for Rough and Rowdy mm-hmm. Ways, we had no idea what he was going to play. And from song to song, it was just pins and needles. Like, okay, oh my God, that's that one of them. That's what, oh my God, it's Key West or it's uh, it's Black Rider. Mm-hmm. And, and then um, in this tour, he started sprinkling in some of the covers. So you got a little bit of that. There was like the moment at the very beginning to listen to see if it was watching watching the river flow. And then and then you knew it was going to set in. And then you kind of waited for the song before or after Old Black Magic. Right. And then occasionally at the end, when every grain of sand was over, you'd wait to see if he was going to get up from the piano or play another one. So you got that element of the surprise. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But in between, it was very much like a play. Yeah. And the thing that was different for me is, and when I go to shows in the past, if he would play a rift or there was some kind of arrangement, I didn't know any better. I would just assume, well, this is how they're playing it mm. on this tour. What I came to appreciate was, from night to night, uh, it was the same structure, same order, same songs, but there were a lot of nuances. Maybe Doug's acoustic guitar was completely out of the mix, or maybe it was featured, mm-hmm. or maybe Bob was signaling to Bob Britt that he could take the, um, the solo. Or, or And the thing we haven't talked about this tour is the piano. The piano played such a wild card role in this tour you never knew when uh, he was just going to start um, banging away at a Jerry Lee Lewis style <laughs> because he was either thrilled with what was going on or he was super pissed with what Doug was doing and he wanted to correct him or he'd play these, um, you know, glissandos and, you know, have structured melody. His piano playing was, was just amazing this tour. Yeah. yeah. So that was something each and every night I remember leaving and there would be a different song that was a highlight for me. And it wasn't always just the rough and rowdy ways. Like some nights to be alone with you was the yes. clear star. And then the next night it was Key West. And then the night after that, it was, um, you know, I'll be your baby tonight. It, watching the river flow when the first yeah. night in Milwaukee, we were all amazed at how good that was. Because yeah. that's usually not one that people get excited about. So it, it, it was like a play um, going multiple nights or something that was more set really allowed you to appreciate the nuance and the, and the things that Bob does to keep it interesting for him. And I think the reason he enjoys going out night to night is to really see what these songs are made of. Like 
he gets inside of them and he likes to poke and stretch and twist and contort and see what he can do with these things. And that's why they're such great songs because they're so malleable in his hands. And it's just, to me, it's an amazing experience. Yeah. I think um, just to add to that, Matt, like I, I think part of it being like a play is, is either trying to understand if there's a story being told, you know, sort of in the way when you listen to an album or, or just kind of hanging back and letting whatever's happening to you happen. And if you are so that familiar with the set list, you kind of know there are different like emotional points where you're like, there's like the excitement of watching the river flow. Cause here he is. And then multitudes. It's the first rough and Rowdy Rady, way song. And then key West. It's like, okay, we've settled in. We're like, it's key West time. Sit back and just, you know, <laughs> enjoy it. And then old black magic. And you're like, Oh, it's almost over, you know, <laughs> and then but but you know that you're getting every grain of sand, one of the great his greatest songs, and wow. you're probably gonna get a harmonica solo. So like there are like sort of these emotional beats to knowing the static set list that kind of help you or I should speak for myself. They helped me get through it emotionally. Cause I would say on this tour for me personally, um, this was every night was incredibly emotional. Like especially every grain of sand like every time hearing that harmonica um milwaukee i was like in openly weeping at the end of the milwaukee show because i thought that was my last show um but um you know i think there's something about the what i really i was able to sort of on my long drive back sort of um boil it down to sort of three components of seeing of, of going to see bob number one is bob's and his band's performance. So the output of what they're giving you, what kind of performance it's going to be. The second is the audience's experience, your input, right? You sitting there accepting whatever they're giving you for better or for worse. Um, And then three, the social experience, which is going with a close friend, meeting people that you've been talking to on Twitter for four years for the first time and actually hugging them and having a drink before and after going on a road trip together, having a post game, you know, whatever it is, the like community aspect of it. And that's sort of, I had never experienced that whole, those three things in seeing him. It was always more like a surgical procedure for me, like get in, go see the show check Bill Plagle's thing when you get home, that's it. Wait till the next time you see him, you know, a year or two later. But this was more, it was more like of a rounded experience. And I think the static set list took a lot of the stress of going to see Bob off that like, like that thing of like, but what if I don't get to see Visions of Johanna tonight? You know, there's no, <laughs> you know, like, there's a little bit of that because you're kind of hoping for one of those covers. You're like happy with old black magic. It's like, well, maybe, but there's just a little bit of it you don't you know there's no um intense disappointment if like you know if he plays early roman kings instead of thunder on the mountain or whatever you know (laughs) thanks for listening to this part of the episode we hope you'll consider becoming an fm plus subscriber to hear the full version of this and all of our shows sign up in apple podcasts or at fmpods.com